Hi everyone, Stephen here from the Footwedge Crew. I just want to apologize in advance for the audio quality in this podcast. Unfortunately, due to load shedding in South Africa, we had to um, make a last minute change to Molly Malone's, who very graciously hosted us, but unfortunately there was quite noisy and we also had a couple of um, equipment failure due to the fact that we had to set up quite quickly and stuff like that. Um, so the alternative was to not record a podcast at all. So we decided we'll try and make do. We, we are working very hard to try and find a much better space and, and, a, and a permanent space for the podcast. And hopefully that'll be um, sorted out um, in the, by the time we release the next one. But until then, please do enjoy. Please do smash a like and please do follow the podcast on whatever platform you are listening to. And your feedback was, always would be very much welcomed. And we're back. Welcome to the Long Grass Podcast. Uh, this is the Footbridge Crew. And after a little week's sabbatical, we are back on the business. And unfortunately, the very sad problem due to load shedding, we've had to relocate. So shout out to Molly Malone's, who have very graciously accommodated us. Uh, which is perfect because now I've got draft beer yeah. and uh, yeah, you don't have to rely on the boring oh yeah no, this is, <laughs> you, you've actually lucked out the most in here so I don't know what we have you now but why do we have oh, top quality banter <laughs> right so in the next hour we're going to be talking about the Barros' interesting round in and around Blair Apple on Monday uh, I have returned to the course officially since the last podcast um, we're going to be talking, we want to hear why Ross had to bail on Monday's round because of, of injuries. And then we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Masters, the RBC Heritage, and then we are going to be talking about the Sunshine Tour, which uh, returns this weekend uh, to a place very close to, uh, well, I mean, it's, Ross can throw a ball onto the, onto the tour this weekend. So there it is. There it is. So yeah, before we get uh, started, please do smash like on the video, subscribe. You can listen to this on. Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, the whole shebang. Obviously, all the full podcasts on Favorite Sports, and you can find the clips and stuff I get on the Footwear to Crew YouTube channel. A lot of cool content coming up there. Right, so since we last spoke, when we first spoke, first episode, we went in terms of our golfing abilities and, and our strengths, our weaknesses, and stuff like that. Since then, I think we've all played a couple of rounds, and um, I think we're going to put Tavares on the spot here. Because the Barros bailed on playing, of course, his side, his side of the his side of the neighbourhood to to try and play Bryson, and then couldn't. So, what do you do when Bryson slows? Apparently, you just pull into Blair Apple, <laughs> <laughs> the the and you just phone them and say, "Listen, it's, it's the Barros, so you surely you want a spot for me." And uh, chase through the round, um, because I mean, you weren't doing too badly around the halfway, and then so story time. So. Yeah, as I said, it's obviously difficult to, to try and rope me into Albert Park when I've got Brian still on the cards, no matter who I'm playing with. It was Ibotzi, calm down. It was Ibotzi, I yeah. thought it was Albert Park. Oh yes, that's true. That, that's how little interest I had when I knew I had Brian still on the cards. But uh, yeah, so I got a call late that night saying apparently there's a river flowing through the tent at Bryanston. Obviously, it was a lot of rain on Sunday and everything like that. So didn't get to play Bryanston, but uh, my mate gave me a call said uh, one of the few places that's always open when it rains. And he has play Apple. So it's like, let's go play then. I've only played there in the winter. So I was like, sweet, let's do it. Hopped in the car the next morning, play Apple. Before I know it, I'm warming up with some tightless uh, practice balls better than the stuff that's in my bag. And yeah, I started uh, I started really well. Um, I went par, can't remember the rest, but was drawing really nicely. A couple of bogeys as, as would be expected. And halfway is at the eighth. 
So this is another, I don't, I don't want to say a halfway disaster, but I did again. Halfway at the egg? Yeah, so you drive, so it's not like, it's not in the clubhouse or anything, it's like a little creek. Well, I'll say a little creek, but it's on the Crocodile River there, there's like a nice little patio. So you made the line and go back to the egg halfway? No, no, no. Or so you halfway at eight? Halfway at eight. So you stop at eight, and then you charm. And uh, yeah, let's just say it was a little bit of Leopard Creek I hadn't eaten in the morning. And the first halfway house strikes again. Yeah, so I'd, uh, I had three carrot cakes on top of the, like, as I was leaving the, the halfway, I said, can I take this? And he was like, yeah, I mean, you already had two. So I took one for the road. Went par par. I, was, I turned 43 with two three putts and a four putts on the front line. Then went par. So, yeah, I went par, nine, par, ten. Went like bogey, double bogey, 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 and then 14, so wait, 15, 16, and 17. Triple, 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 and it took me to a 93, and I made a par on the last, so. Now, I like to think of that's karma, because there I am, Benoni side, playing Ibotsi with a bad knee. The carts were, were off the, off the, the no carts. So we trapped it. You walked Ibotzi. You walked Ibotzi. Oh my goodness. It starts so badly as well because you like you go up to the first tee box, yeah. then you go down, and then you go up to the second tee box, and we're sitting there going, chaps, we're going to play 18 years. This is going to be a long, this is going to be a long day. Do you know that I was at Blair Apple complaining that we had to do the 90 degree cart rule where you drive in the rough and then you have to walk 90 degrees to your ball. I'm like, this is so much effort. I hate this. I can't just drive to my ball, which was that I know. Yeah, I was walking around about to. Yeah. With the bus, Yeah, with the bus. Thankfully, I had a maid who sorted me out and had one of those cars with a motor. So I was walking behind watching. Yeah, I'm going to have to invest in one of those. Eh? That, that is life changing. Have you seen those new parts? It's also those electric ones, except you put this thing in your pocket and, and it follows you. Yeah, do that way. That, that was pretty bad, yeah, though, because I probably like step around the back to have like a key. And next thing you know, like my, my car and my bag's in the dam, and you're like, oh my living. But I've seen those, I think those are the motor caddies. And you put it, yeah. It's also got a little remote, so while you're at the green, you can just flip around and push your car as you please. But tell me more about this Ibotsi round that I left you on. No, it was, it was, it was, it was it's a tough course. The wind was howling. Because you turned quite high. Your front line was quite a high. Yeah, no, I, 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 I didn't. I mean, I went. I think I went double, double, triple, triple. And you started after four holes. It was cold. It was wet. It was windy. I was walking. It wasn't happening. I was in. The, I was in a very bad mood. Thankfully, I parked the the par five. Nice par. Parked all right. All right. Halfway house. Which par five did you park? The Second part, I mean, the one that goes through the two, like the two, like, like those two hills, and then you have to go, like, you know, do the middle down. Oh, that's a cool part, yeah. The two big mounds that come in, and yeah, because yeah. what I did is I took a leaf out of Tavares's book and I put the driver in the bag. The problem with me is I don't currently have a three wood, so Ooh. it was four iron. Four iron, <laughs> so you're sitting there on the on the part five with the four iron, four iron, four iron, four iron, four iron, <laughs> uh, chip on, missed birdie putts. Uh, got, got the par, and then yeah, halfway. You know what? Is the second nine showed me how you like pars and birdies are overrated. Bogey is exactly where I need to be in my life <laughs> because I bogeyed every hole in the back line and I doubled one, and it was a decent round. So but, you know, so. you know what I've been listening to lately is I'm now starting to break ninety a little bit more consistently. This weekend, but the one thing that I was I was learning what they say is, and I, now I can relate to it because I'm finding that stage is they say that the best way for you to score as like a single digit handicap is rather to avoid. 
putting high scores on than putting low scores on. So, like a triple or a double is going to hurt you a lot more than a birdie is going to help. You, yeah. You know what I mean, make a triple and you make a birdie, you're essentially taking making that last hole a double, which yeah. is still not ideal. So. Yeah, yeah. You, you take the big numbers out of the equation, the whole thing score and so much. Yeah. Well, even like, I mean, I had that have a car crowd last week where I shot 91. I had a triple on there, like, just like small thing. And that triple's a, a bogey. Yeah. That's breaking right. You know, so yeah, I mean, tri- triples are, are, are just killers and they're like emotional because you play, you know you played that whole badly. Like, there's no other way to go around it. Doesn't matter if you had a good tee shot, you, you played that whole bad. Yeah, I know. Listen, what's, what's in score capture disaster? Man? Nightmare, 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 yeah. So, but it was a, it was a nice course. So I was, I was shocked with it. Ibotsi is a fantastic course. Yeah. I got a lot of love for Ibotsi. It was very emotional in terms of like, it, I, I was just like shitting myself the entire way through because there's so much water and it's so narrow. Yeah. And you're sitting there, you're like, that back nine is water on the right all the time. And when you've got like a slice like mine, oh, you are nipping. Every single shot, you are nipping. I think it's, it's been 12 and, 12 and 13, so the part five, yeah. You go down the right, and then you come back towards the driving range, yeah. So, again, you four iron, four iron, and the way back, hit four side take the driver, hit it so nice there, and you just watch it going. Just going, going, you're like, oh, I, I, I mean, it was like 10 meters right to the fairway, but during the drink, it was a bit, was a bit sad, but yeah, so it was cool. It's cool to be back out. Uh, yeah, my, my, my short game is still non-existent. Uh, my driver is getting me down. I'm going to give myself three books at the moment. So can't be hitting, can't be, can't be hitting part five, so it's quite, but uh, peak foot last week. Really good condition. Did you play before the Mongol Cup Open or after? Oh. I played it. I played it a couple of times before, and then last week was the first time I played it since. Yeah. Um, really good condition. Played nicely. I'm sure seven eight. Disappointing though. I turned. Sorry, dude. Jeez. <laughs> I was level through three. Level through two. Three putt at par three. I love three putt. I love that three putt. You know, that's one thing I never do is I never count like what I play in the par fives. At. It's, like, it's all one score for me. At no, the end I, I usually do because I because we for me it's the par three. My round, if I play my par threes well, then usually I'll hit the score. If I don't, if I don't play the par threes well. I'm so erratic. I could, it's never like a factor for me. It's like. But I suppose it's quite indicative of where you, what your game is like on the day. If you're playing the par fives well, it means that you're obviously driving quite well and you're long eyes pretty well. If you're playing the par threes well, it means your short game is obviously sort of rocked up better that day. So then your approach game. Yeah. So I played the par fives three and the par threes four over. No, that actually made me feel so good because it's just so good to know that three putts never walk the putts. For anyone, for everyone, the three putts always there. And then made my third part of the back nine on eight. Birdies and birdies down the That's quite the emotional roller coaster. So 78, not happy, but better than should have been. When you go out on a on a round, what do you sit there going? This will be it. Like I'll be happy with this. Are you always going for that sort of level par, 
vibes or yeah, I think at the moment level four one. That's what I'm trying. That's what I'm trying. And yourself, you're going sort of mid eighties now. Yeah, so if I mean if I hit a ninety, so if I shoot eighty nine, I'm like, oh, it doesn't okay round. If I yeah. shoot ninety, I'm like terrible round. Fucking what an awful round. But I feel like there's a. I'm gonna break eighty sometime soon. Like I feel like it's in me. I shot an eighty-two at a car a little while ago as well, and um, I think that was that was my new. That was actually a week, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, before the. We haven't done pot since then. I shot an eighty-two. Best best round, man. Best best round, and I went three putts on ten and three putts on eleven. So, was, so you should you could have very easily break break the eighty on that day. Yeah. So like I, I feel like I've got to I'm gonna break eighty soon. But yeah, I'm sort of in the eighties at the moment, which is a nice place to be. That's always where I said like if I could get my golf there, so not that you would know, but it would be decent. <laughs> That's, that's it would be where my golf is somewhat decent. So yeah, it's, look, I think you've played more in the last week than I have played in the last six months. So. Yeah, I did wake up at five this morning. Yeah, which is crazy. no, I know. I'm on the app every every morning. I, I wake up and like I worked late last night, so I wake up at like half past eight. I already finished a round for the day. I'm like, goodness me, like, yeah. this, is, this is a good commitment. Well, the stories that we've just heard, I reckon we should change the name from one grass to three five three. Yeah. There's been a lot of them in the last week. And I hate three five three. Because it's one thing, like I said, the one thing usually I back myself is my body has been terrible, but it, you just sometimes get that hole where you just can't, can't, can't get anything for, for anything. Um, but, yeah, it's it's I'm a courier. Yeah, so it's just drop, drop, dropping dropping the, the package and then we'll move uh, on to the next person. Um, yeah, I want to get back to break. Well, not get back to, but I'm 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 now getting more frustrated. Like like 95, I wasn't particularly happy with it. Like 91, like you had last week, I was like, yeah, because especially when you can see, like I looked at that triple, I looked at how there were so many there were three or four holes where I played, I, I played them stupidly. Yeah. You know, and I want to go back to playing like percentage golf and smart like huddle. Yeah. That's the thing, and like there's the par five at huddle on the back line, on the front line, right? It's the sick, yeah, sick. The little trees on the right there. I always go into those Dog trees, and, and, yeah, yeah. and the problem is, I was in the trees, and you can either hit out and then thing, but there's quite a lot of space on the right, so you think, well, like just go right sort of thing. But then you like miss it and you like end up taking like three shots where you think just hit out to the fairway, hit close there. So that's the frustrating thing. I look at my scorecards and I can see where I can remove, I can take away three, four yeah, shots. But there's often times where I find myself, like you said, you see the smallest gap, right? yeah. and you're like, yeah, I can do that. And you end up costing yourself. So if you can get your course management under control, that also helps you shave a couple of shots. Yeah, I mean, at the bots, I was sitting, it was the 16th, I think. Um, and I was called 10, 15, short of the green. And sort of rolls up there. And I'm sitting there with, with, with Wedge's hand and going, sure, but when we're going to land this, I'm going to be able to get underneath this. And I thought, you know what, stop it, put it back, took out the putter, and gave it a wallop. And it landed up far short of the hole. And I'm sitting there going, there's no ways if I had taken anything else, I wasn't anywhere near that. Um, 
that's saying a bad punch is better than a good week. Yeah, you know, so things like that, which, because I played, I mean, the same as I said, I played with this guy here, he puts from everywhere. It's within like 20 of the green, and as long as nothing in front of him, and it's easy to fair race to take the putts around. And you can see how it works because there's nothing more frustrating if you're par four, you're edge or, edge or just off the green, and you're like, right, chip this close, over. Or, or like that par three round short, and then you like decelerate, and you chip it 30 centimeters, and you're going, oh, no, 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 what a waste. So that actually happened to me. So I played in a competition on Friday, which is that commercial uh, classic, so like lots of big prizes. Uh, I'll put you on the tour at the moment. No, 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 not yet. Q schools are up and coming. Okay, yeah. I'll be looking at You do got your exemption then. Yeah. So uh, and the, the exact same thing happened to me. And I was with my partner, who's like a former pro. Yeah. And we were playing like for serious prizes with staff drivers and everything. So we're doing our best. But you need them. Not that I need them, but I still need them. <laughs> but uh, we got to the par five, the eighth hole at uh, Kalami, and uh, I went one, two, whatever it was. Um, I'm sorry, eighth is actually a par four, but it was the par four, the eighth. And I went, and I was in such a funny, I was in such a funny position. Like my, I was in the bunker, but the ball's kind of on the lip. And my partner said to me, he's like, he just, obviously doesn't like, now you, you still gonna let the guy play his game, but he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to force me to so he's, like, take putter, so he just tries to plant the seed. He's like, oh, you can putt that. So I was like, no, no, no. I, I, I ignored him, took out my wedge, sculled it into the back bunker. And I was like, fuck, I should have known. Like, that was advice from a former pro, and he just tried to put it as nicely as he could, and I, I blatantly ignored That dude, for me, if you are... It's, it's always such an interesting one, isn't it? Because, like, when you play with someone and, like, for example, like if you play with somebody who's like obviously very much a beginner, like I'm the first person who should be giving any tips. But you can see very much like there's a big thing that they're doing wrong. And it's, and it's always like that thing of do you tell them? Do you try and help them? Because I also guess there are some rounds where like some rounds, like, depending on the mood, if somebody can see something, like tell me. But also there's some rounds where I hate being English. Like I'm very aware that I'm not good at the sport. I'm very aware, like you know, when you're like slicing everything or like you're topping everything, it's like, you know, they're just like, you know, you're looking up when you're playing, like, dude, I know. I'm very aware I'm playing badly. I don't need you to, but you to coach me want, right now. You also don't want people to make you conscious of certain things. Yeah. I've seen it also plenty at the range where like other guys are trying to give advice on how to play and how to practice and everything. And like, I'm sure they appreciate it, but at the same time, like, I don't know what your level of golf is unless you like, and even if you are a PGA pro to be, Honest, unless I ask for it, I don't want your advice. You know, it, it, to put it as nicely as possible. But on the range, like, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know what. Like, I could shoot better than him day in and day out. He's trying to give me advice. And unless it was a certified pro or something, I probably wouldn't. Yeah, the, the range is a weird one though, because yeah, you know, I mean, somebody was saying the other day that, that you, you can watch videos of Scotty Scheffler, some of the shots he had, he's, he's, he's played, some of like the, some of the swings, weird swings he's had. And you, like, you can put a confirmation and be like, what's this guy's handicap? People probably be like, oh, 15, 16, guys are master's back. So it's also difficult to just base it if you're not playing with them on the, on the course itself. Because I've played with guys who haven't looked particularly good. And then you look at this group of and like, holy shit, this guy's got a Then you go watch guys who've got a really nice swing. Then two putting, three putting, and... So that, that's my worst, is when I see someone with a horrific swing, and they play like they score better than me. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, I've had it so many times. I've seen guys like have ridiculous over the top swings, like slices and everything. I've seen a guy that beat me that would aim 90 degrees left because his slice would, and lo and behold, they're not the fairway. But I'm like, how's this guy eating me? Like, I'm here hitting draws. Like, how's he keep doing it? I think the biggest thing is, and that's what I'm starting to realize, is 
you get good when you start knowing your game. You know, when you know what you're good at, you know what, how you play and stuff like that. My problem is that I'm so, so inconsistent that I'll compensate for my fade and then hit a draw by accident. And then you're aiming like 10 yards to the left and it's like now 50 yards to the left. And you're going, well, this is... Yeah, as soon as you can find what works for you and play within yourself, start to find your game. Even if it's super unconventional, when you look at Macro, when you look at John Perry, those are two of the most important things you can find in the place of actually. But yet, I was listening to him today after speech, he speaks with his with his wings, obviously, he's number 11 in all time moments. He just surpassed 50 million in unfortunately. I think Jim Furyk sitting at all time bonus with like 71 million dollars. Nah, I wouldn't have got So as soon as you can play with five of you play with them yourself. You score. And that's also the same as Donny van Tonde. Donny van Tonde, he doesn't like any swing coaches or anything. He's like he taught himself how to swing. He's the only person he likes to listen to as himself and I've actually heard from other pros and he's got like a really weird like warm-up routine on the range where it's like hit three balls and then walk off and he's done like it's it's a strange thing. I also heard a funny thing about Donnie apparently I don't know if it's true or not but apparently when he tries when he wants to hit a ball or a play I don't remember the ball but when he wants to hit a ball he breathes in so on his back so he's a door, and then when he wants to sit up here, he breathes out, so it's back to him. So, so I heard this exact same thing. So, so I'm gonna, we're going to have to get with the party and be like, hey, listen, we're going to need you to verify this. We're going to need you to take a swing real quick. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to stand there and just quickly. But I heard this exact same thing. One of my friends played in a program with him and said he does this, but like it's very audible to breathe in and breathe out. And it's just, he says it was I wish I wish I could switch to that. Like it would be that easy for me to switch and be like, right, I need to go around these trees. Just breathe in, Steve. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's that <laughs> simple. Just, just okay, cool. Now I'm gonna bend it around and do like bacon, dude. Like, if it is true, it's one of Strangest things in the first how he figured that out. And how did he figure it out? What mental steps he goes through to be like a band. When I do it, this is like a swing thought that comes with it and sort of walk on it and it brings out he's got a different swing. It's the weirdest thing, but if it works, and I just really want to know for sure. But as I say, my friend that played with them in the program, and like this is comp- like we haven't discussed this before, and it's completely just as you mentioned it now, I was like, I heard the exact same thing. <laughs> hey, look, listen, rumors start from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Just comment there, just be like, true or false, dude. <laughs> we'll come on here and then we can see it for real. But, um, yeah, speaking of the, of the RBC. We'll talk about the Santa Tour a little bit later, but uh, PGA Tour as well, well on its way. And uh, before we get to the RBC, Masters, what do we care? But me and DeVarro's been going to watch along before we quiched and just died out there. So, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, in terms of, I don't know if I'm interrupting you, Steve, it looked like it, but uh, I was going to say, like, it kind of speaks volumes the fact that we fell asleep during the Masters, mm-hmm. that I think it was actually quite boring the whole time. You were hoping there was going to be, like, the, like I would have gladly have stayed awake and uh, not caught up in the morning, but the whole time you're like, is there going to be, is there any point, like, it's kind of a runaway with Scotty, and I'm like, can Rory really do it? No, he can't. Like, it, it was cool to see Rory do as well as he did in the last yeah. one. It was, so I, I did watch through to the end. 
because he was dreaming and stuff like that, so I don't know covering and things. But I can remember being down the south coast on holiday, and I was young, and when Schwarzel um, won. Yeah. And it must have been about, must have been about 15. I wasn't that young. But I remember getting absolutely crapped on by um, my mother, she walked out at like half past two in the morning, and there I was like, watching the goal. And she was like, what are you doing? Like, so, right a bit because it was it was like hang on because that was when um, Rory had that meltdown so like, he could do it like he's, he's catching up he just he just holding uh, held out from you know up there and, and that was like, you watch those things I mean like Tiger one stuff like that but this that, that last weekend and it's a bit of juice to shit because he's just playing so well and I also think I mean, but the last ever since DJ won, DJ Matsuyama and then Sheffield, they've been boring. Sunday has been boring. The Mac 9 on Sunday the first day is slowly starting, I don't want to say lose its form, but the last three years have been boring on Sunday. And tough to watch because whoever's won has been full credit to their team. They've played incredibly, but there's been nobody there to run with them and make it a bit interesting. Which sucks. But I thought after Scotty chipped in on three on Sunday, that took the momentum away from the game, especially after he had gone hard and dirty. So then had a two shot swing there and then 12 strikes again. And as soon as that happened, yeah, I think it's just yeah. You want you want you want that like. I mean, he didn't need to look up at scoreboard. He didn't have to sit there go, oh, hang on. I mean, like Rory played that incredible round and like I mean, that that, that chipping up the bunker was, was ludicrous. But even then, Chef just sitting there thinking he didn't even have to play amazing golf. All he had, I mean, he, he was sitting himself saying, right, just pass. You pass the back nine, yeah. Yeah, that was that was childish. Imagine four putting to win to win the green jacket. I mean, you could have six putts, but you still would have It's not exactly like I mean, it's it's great honor, especially I mean, it's four. And we said before because we, we wrote it all. Well, I wrote it all. We, we we basically said surely not. You can't continue this four. I also want everyone to know that. Uh, that stuck with me because I made my golf champs picks and I specifically remembered us discussing on the podcast. I was like, Scotty could do he could do it and you can go clip that, Steve. Yeah, I know. That's it. You both are like, uh, you know, it's hard to keep that sort of run of form into the Masters, which I did ultimately agree with, but now I, I do have a touch of regret. It is just, it is just mental. Like, look at winning for the last few months compared to the last three years and stuff like that. I mean, did you see the stats about Rahm's winnings last year? Throughout the entire season, Rahm won $7.7 million. So far this season, Scotty's won $10.5 million. I mean, I would consider just not playing them. I'll play the majors. You'll see me at the US Open. You'll see me at the Open. I don't need to rest. I've got 10 more back. I'm enjoying this. But I also read something from one of the pros, and I forget who it is, but they say, you know, like, your golf game goes through these peaks. And he was like, you know, what a time to have your peak, which is obviously around the Masters. Like, you get these sort of peaks, and every now and then it can just swing your way. And I guess it's obviously Scotty's peak. I don't know. What will be interesting to see is how long he's had, how much he can If we look at last year, John Rahm was playing such good golf, but he, he doesn't really have, like, all that, like, you know, you kind of feel like he could have done a bit more yeah. with the form he was in. Because at one stage, it was just like, 
every single time you walk onto the golf course, people are like, that's the favorite to win, that's the favorite to win. And if you get lucky, I, I can't remember which tournament it was, when he had to, he had to leave, yeah. Yeah, so, so he wasn't lucky, but, he, but like Sheffield has peaked and taken a yeah. right. See, that's, that's also, I think that's also what threw us, is because as you say, like, you know, you see these guys have these peaks, and then, especially at big events like the Masters, they fail to pull it through or whatever, but uh, as you said, Scotty has done it. Credit to him, it'd be interesting to see how long he keeps it going. And just on the topic of the PGA Tour, and this big thing that have you seen, Imagine being known as the guy that gets to play with the good guys. The guys on four. Like you actually suck yourself. Yeah, you you you're not you're not trying to play particularly. You've got the crowds because you're not all wild those, but they're not there for you. You're very much not there for you. Yeah, literally, like, right, just go out there on a random 18. He needs to book like one slot in Huddle and River Place, or like, that's the Sunshine Joe player next year, Jeff. He's, he's, he's got the luck. The, the but, yeah, look, well, I think the couple of stories Tiger, he looked almost like he was back on the, on the Thursday. Friday, played all right. But, I'm not sure how much longer we're going to see him after watching that. He just didn't. He didn't. He just didn't look comfortable out there on the Saturday Sunday. His leg just got worse yesterday. I mean, I don't know if you saw him walking with 18 on Sunday. Yeah. And they showed clips of him after he had a scorecard. But you know, on that note, I also was chatting some of the guys at the office, and they were like, you know, one thing about an injury like Tiger's coming back from with obviously the broken bones and everything like that is when it's really cold, it's, that's a tough thing to get going, especially in, in golf. You know, you got to try to keep your muscles warm and to keep flexible and stuff like that. You know, obviously, have limb damage and, and whatnot. But they were saying, like, you know, the conditions of the masters especially the first uh, few days of fights, they're quite cold. And, um, you know, they reckon that uh, obviously added to, the, added to the struggle. But exactly. it's interesting to see as well he's now committed to open and open two more matches. PJ or Well, I mean, it's it's. I mean, I know it's Tiger. If anybody could, he could. But you kind of almost feel it's like you're not giving yourself a very good opportunity to win if you're gonna play three tournaments a year. You know, like you talk about form and stuff like that. Now I know you can be. Yeah, we were sitting there, it's like on the range, it's saying you're better than ever, but it's still different walking out there with the crowds, with the playing partner, with sort of pressure and stuff like that to be able to play consistently. If you're not playing tournaments, you know. And it's also like on the range, yes, he's training his body for the team, but he's 100 years old all the time. The golf course is different because he's walking 
up and down hills to making the other bike their seats. Well, it wasn't bending down. I mean, I mean, like what she was trying to read the pads, I was just like squatting, like yeah, and going, all right, cool. Like, look, I mean, he knows the green back, which is funny, after that. I mean, like the whole thing about his caddy reading the greens for him and stuff like that. So, for physical duress on the court, plus then mentally trying and I was also surprised because I thought if there was one thing like everyone was talking a lot about Tiger short game and like that sort of approach shot from 100 to 120 maybe like he was really dialed in and I didn't really see it on the course I saw it on the driving range I mean there was times when I was watching the, the warm-up sessions on the driving range and I'm like wow if this guy's within 100 he's, he's going to be dialed and it kind of yet he started well with some nice putts on day one and then just never really got going. But even on day one and two, it, he was just rescuing the entire time. Like he like had a terrible tee shot or a terrible second, and then bring it back with a really good chip or a really good second or something like that. Like he never, it was never a case of like Scheffler, for example, was so consistent. He was just hitting fairways. He was hitting, He was always, you know, he was never like competing out. Whereas Tiger was rest, was having to save a lot of holes. You know? So I think I think the reality is we are we are seeing the end of Tiger. So sorry, Stephen. Just speaking on the end of Tiger, I want to know one thing. And, and guys opinions on this do you think tiger could almost uh, get like a arson Wenger sort of uh, send-off so when i say that i mean arson Wenger obviously was overstayed his welcome yeah it's exactly that overstay your welcome so arson Wenger obviously did so much for arsenal but towards the end you know you've kind of got fans rioting outside the, the stadium saying that they want you out yeah, thanks for everything it was time for you to go yeah so now i'm wondering now do you think that same sort of thing could happen to tiger like can tiger overstay his welcome in golf or is he beyond that like can he can he go there come last every week and it's fine or is he gonna get a bit tired of it? are people gonna be tired of seeing tiger just struggle i don't think it would be a banger type of thing i think people will always pay to go and watch tiger i think people will always want to go and see tiger when i think what would happen is if he was to continue to pitch up and not perform I think he would call it on himself or the fans call it on him. I think so about I mean what's an interesting aspect and I and I think it's got a lot more sort of blown up portion, but he brings in so many spectators. He brings in that it was the master was very much the tiger show. And there is a lot of people sitting there saying, oh, he's not playing particularly well. I don't need to watch every single one of the shots, yeah. you know, like we've got a top ten guys who are playing good golf and we're not seeing anyone play there you know whereas we're seeing every single shot of tiger as he goes in cards and six over yeah. do we do we need to be watching 30 40 of, of, of tigers 78 shots that he made as opposed to you know something like right where we played that really good round we didn't get to watch as much as we might have yeah. if tiger wasn't playing and that's an interesting perspective because your diet i mean you, your, your golf family maybe isn't necessarily according to the tiger hype wants to watch the best golf 
but you, you can't ignore that he's the biggest draw card. And how do you then get that balance? Well, well, this, people want to watch him play, but he's not playing well. So to the, the, the new fan and stuff like that, you've got to be able to show who's playing well, who the best players are. Because like I had to come because like I was sitting at the course and was playing, and I was like, I hate to watch the house. And all we did was watch Tiger the entire weekend. And even to a certain degree, they can understand the uh, thinking there because even like the commentators, you got somebody, I think it was like T4, T5, who's mm-hmm. about to patch in the commentator saying, you know, this is the whole way Tiger went left and Tiger went right. This is like, you know, there's more to golf than Tiger. And unfortunately, we're also in a situation where there needs to be more than golf than Tiger because we are seeing the end of so, so who is the next generation? How do they make, how do they keep golf appealing to the average fan when he does move? It is something because I'm also, I'm a massive Tiger fan. I'll always be a massive Tiger fan. And it's true, like all the master even the second is the fifth member of the And it was very tiger orientated. But then it's also tough to not make it tiger orientated because I mean I saw also a stat after the first two days. It was the highest sporting event in the And it was because of your best. And it wasn't because of the one. It was the highest watch sporting events in the ESPN and that's Tiger Woods. Yeah, the that reason is. it is, is Tiger Woods. But the interesting thing is, is it because of Tiger Woods or was it because it was Tiger Woods' return? You know, does he still have that? I mean, if he's playing week in, week out, are, he, are, the, are the numbers still astronomically up? Or is it a case of he's back? We need to see if he can do it. Now that he can't do it, I, yeah, I don't think that like the numbers are always going to be astronomical in terms of golf, but I don't think they'll ever be as astronomical as they were this weekend because it was kind of. You're talking about the golf's biggest major, golf's biggest player, and he's coming back. Like the story, if Tiger won the Masters, is unmatched. I mean, he could still go win a major now and be an unbelievable story, but to have him come back on his first game and win the, the Masters would have been like that. The numbers won't ever match what uh, they were this last week. That would have been something. Yeah, I mean that's like Amazon or nothing documentary. Speaking of, have we seen that they are making a documentary about the PGA Tour? Yeah, yeah, Amazon thing. We have we have to do a watch party of that. It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's Netflix. Yeah, so it's like draft survivors. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think it's be really cool. I think it's I think it's actually big for golf in, in general. Well, look what look what Drive survives that for Formula One. Huge, huge, and golf golf was suffering the same the same sort of thing that uh, Formula One is, where it's like a I want to say like an older generation, like the younger guys don't really understand the hype behind it and everything like that, but. The moment you throw Netflix on it and you make everything quite dramatic and people can really give them an out there to get into the sport, to be honest. And golf needs something like this. And it also lets people who aren't interested in golf see personalities. Yeah, yeah. exactly. on the golf course, when you're watching the PGA Tour, besides going to it's a good shot or a bad shot, you don't see that much emotion or any personality for that. So a well, Netflix documentary on that can show people personalities and will attract people to be like, ooh, this guy's quite cool, I'm going to go and follow the people and show how to sound. You look at someone like Till Hatter and the fact that, you know, he just drops every superlative that he can after every shot. And people are like, that's, that's cool, you know. We spoke about the fact that that's actually something we like to see more in Sunshine Tour. Yeah. We, we want to know people, we want to see stories and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, you know? Exactly, we need to start holding the narrative. So, 
Yeah, I think it's going to be to do amazing things. I mean, now you've got the, the random person down the street who now knows who the team principals are Formula One. You think? I mean, even when I was, I didn't know even, start. Yeah, even, <laughs> even when I was like relatively interested in Formula One, I didn't really know who the team yeah. principals and stuff like that. Whereas now we're going to, we're going to start seeing that, um, which is going to be very cool. But uh, speaking of the next generation, Spieth with the RBC Heritage Island, and also I just want to say, good to see Eric Rory bouncing back yeah. and, and playing a nice round. Boy Shane Lowry's also <laughs> around there. He's he's coming back, but are we going to start seeing the speed that we kind of were waiting to see? Because he was, I mean, I mean, he found success so easily, so quickly that we were like, right, he has the next superstar. You know, move over Tiger, we've got the next person, and then he's just hasn't really yeah, hasn't taken really the next shoes, step. Yeah, he went through that patch where he completely lost his swimming a year and a bit, and then beginning of last year with the NCNC Pebble Beach, he had a run up, and then he had Sawgrass, he played really nicely, then Arnold Palmer, I think he was at a top five finish, and then leading up into the Marcy run, where it takes a look, and that was his comeback, and that was, this is his feet of hope, because he was coming up five, top five finish, and four top five finish, and got the win, a week before the Masters, and he played for the year back, didn't Playing well, the Rory playing well, and, and you know those and those personalities. I mean, 
in Judaism all that. And did you see what Rory's, Rory's tweets after the Masters? He said, today was the most practice ever to be which is quite good. If you watch from the Kula, so now being the happiest he's ever been on a golf course and I sort of saw I wonder if he's had a mental change in terms of golf is not the be all and end all and he's sort of taken a step back and with the life and child sort of found a new beast on it's interesting that you say because I saw something that I spoke to Rory about this exact thing and they said to Rory they're like you know having a child and everything now does it uh, like does it give you that sort of new lease on golf like is it when you're with a child you kind of forget about golf and he's like I wish I could tell you that it does but it doesn't it'll be these like I'll sit there with my child and I'll still think about that shot that I pulled on the same and it's like it, it's pretty because I think also for that sort of uh, player like rather sort your injury out than try yeah. to do what you did at the Masters like I mean obviously for him like it kind of showed how desperate he needs to be in the spotlight in the sense that like he should never have played no. he, he looked terrible he should never have played it's Masters so you don't skip but it's the Masters you don't skip but the only person that could have really skipped him was probably Tiger which goes to show you something but as I say like Bryson played it definitely not 100% purely because Masters and he has to show a play. So I'm glad now he's getting the surgery. And, uh, to be honest, he's the kind of player, like he's under so much scrutiny that anything he does wrong, people are ready to rip it. Like any injury, any injury he gets, guys are oh, you try swim too hard, you practice too much, you do this, you do this. So, I know, I mean, everybody goes after him. They're saying, they're saying, of course, look how horrible you're swinging. Yeah. And you think, well, Tiger's one of the best players of all time. Yeah. You look at his injury list and it's like a flipping grocery bill. You know, it's like... So, but I, you know, we talk about, I mean, and I'm, I don't, I mean, let's be honest, Bryson, talent is not one of the most talented golfers out there. Yeah. But we talk about personalities, we talk about people who make you interested in the game. He's got a YouTube channel, he's out there, he does long drive competitions, goes on podcasts, he puts himself out there, he's a big personality, he tries to sort of change the face of golf. He's very controversial. And he has sort of changed the face of golf, to be fair. I mean, there's still people that I mean, I know when I was first uh, practicing, I was like, should I go to drive long, go to drive long? And he certainly had an influence on a large amount of people in terms of how you approach golf now. And not just amateurs, but pros, experts. I mean, Rory was trying to chase what what uh, Tashamba was doing. Like Rory said, he struggled because he tried to pick up driver swing speed and he couldn't. And it actually messed his golf up. So what yeah. Bryson was doing was certainly unique and was certainly working. Because yeah. yeah. if you had won a couple more, people would have said, going, we actually have, like, there's no option. We have to not stop playing long. And if you didn't stop winning, so people are like, actually, you know what? You can pull the gas between, I can't hit as far as you, but much more game, and I can putt and stuff like that. But we need people like him playing well, because we need those sort of personalities 
to, to, to carry it. But um, he brings such a cool narrative to golf as well. Like, as I say, it's just a, it's a different story behind the entire sport from what we've been seeing, you know. This guy's always like, play safe, do this, do that. You've got Bryson driving greens, trying to go for it at Bay Hill and everything like that. I'm like, this is such a cool... Plays to the crowd, for example. Plays to the know. crowd. I mean, who celebrates on a drive? You know what I mean? Like, it's so like it's such an interesting part to see. I love the Ryder Cup moment where he was... He had a driver in hand, talking to his caddy, and then he puts his driver away, and the crowd starts booing. And he says, Hey, I'm still going for the green. Yeah. And he was like going mad, so like, he takes his three wood, hits on the green. Like, you need someone that's kind of like there, you know, because like somebody like, I don't know, I don't really mean him, like somebody like Colin Murray fantastic player, beautiful player. And there's not much personality, not, not a big personality. You're not sitting there going, I can't guard. Yeah, no, perfectly nice guy, very, very nice guy. Chapman, don't get nothing wrong, but he's not. He's not, he's not whipping, you're not yeah. simply going, what's he doing next? And in many ways, people prefer to watch someone who's worse, yeah. has a narrative, has an appeal, you want yeah. something to do something, maybe even if it's a bad guy, something like that, you want something like that to happen, yeah. more than just the, your average show. I mean, Schefter, for example, is now the master champion, but in many ways, people are far are more interested in the price and something like that, because they've got that, especially if you're not, if you're not like, your average golf fan, you're not just watching to see who's the best, you're watching it because I watch this guy on TikTok, I watch this guy on YouTube and stuff like that, you know. So that's where Bryson fills the gap. But um, coming a bit close to home and good to see our South Africans doing quite well on the on the tour with fantastic Schwartzel back in play. It was so so cool. I mean, we, we didn't give him a we didn't even know anything we spoke about. Just something. But this week we are at Sunshine Tour's back after a bit of an Easter break. Um, we are at Daneford for the still our 12 players championship. Was that always on the cards or was that a recently announced partnership? The event was always in the cards, but it wasn't been known. So the actual sponsorship is, is a recent thing. Is that what you were that night? That's the real reason yeah. why he didn't play with you on Monday. He's at the Stella 12. He's, he's, been, he's been at Stella 10 years. The last, the last week, every week, going, oh, listen, that, that free sample. But yeah, home course for, for us. Those uh, the way around there. I, I grew up playing there a lot. It was never kind to me. Um, but we're starting to sort of wind down now, I mean, it's not a not massive money. Uh, I think the, the first actual events are out. I see that they've added another one there. They're going to Zim, which is quite cool. And apparently, that is set to have a co-sanctioned event. Um, so apparently that could be a DP World Tour next, next year, the year after, uh, which is a wild concept to have a DP World Tour in, in, in Zim. But um, yeah, this weekend, uh, I'm trying to think of the, the big players. Um, I'm just thinking about the thing Standard, they to Spain because there was an event that wasn't supposed to be played that's yeah. now been confirmed. So, let me get, let me, let me get, 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 let me Play Daneford because uh, I have to say I think it's a relatively easy course. A little bit of a controversial opinion. Yeah, yeah. those, those par fives are so short that it's. Uh, I'd like to see how the protees, like how they attack it from the protees. But those par fives, I mean, I've had a, a seven nine into a par five, and I can assure you, I'm not a long hitter. So. Mm-hmm. 
I'd be very interested to see. Interesting story about that. So one of the Danfern vassals, Harry Koenig, um, was playing practice rounds that on a far four court. Teed it up. Well, three courts, Teed it up, lost his first one. Three teams. Walked off with a three. Oi! No, that's huge. That's huge. It's the best part you can ever make. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Because yeah. imagine, you, yeah, it, I mean, like, yeah, 50% of you is like, yeah, that just happened. 50% of you is like, oh, you idiot. You just did it the first time. We all fell for the. With a one. But. Saved himself a bit of money in the clubhouse now. So here the tournament entered, but yeah, a couple of big names. Rukovinsky is playing. I haven't seen, he hasn't been on the. He hasn't been playing too late. SDC Okay, cool. Uh, so I heard Rupert Kaminsky, yeah, I heard of Rupert Kaminsky, like he's quite a focused player, like practices a lot, like does his dietary stuff, like uh, I'm sure a lot of these, uh, Steve says that he's a Simpsons character, this is also an athlete over here. In terms of athletes, in terms of pre-golf rituals, I'm not sure you could be throwing shade in. That's true. The, the monster we pull around. It's the sugar, the sugar-free monster. The sugar-free. You gotta stay healthy out there, you know. But um, no, I heard Ruben Kaminsky. He's quite a serious golfer. Like, in, like um, a lot of these tour players, I'm sure don't take it as seriously as they should in terms of like eating healthy, training, gym, swim coaches, and everything. I'm sure a lot of them just have a lot of good talent and go out there and play. Yeah, listen, there are some units on those on those tours. Eh? Yeah, Shane Lowry yeah. would look very, very comfortable in the front row. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, as I said, I'd like to see how old Kaminsky does. I'm sure he's one of the South Africa's best talents at the moment in terms of genuine golf ability. Yeah, well, we've also got JC Ritchie, um, Stephen Arlen played, Nathan Tonda, Timber Jr. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> As he's driving, hey, listen, dude, we need to know. We need to know. You could uh, probably ask him from outside your house. Yeah, you know, as, you, as you're having your bride, he walks past. Uh, Dan, it's, quick, it's a quick one. Uh, Neil Skitty gets played. Jay Silico. Yeah, um. So a couple of a couple of championship juniors playing, uh, not too many internationals as you would, you would probably um, imagine. But James Hart is playing. Uh, he should be quite fun to watch. Short course. So I'd like to see how he does on the par fives. The par fives that uh, Dan put really on that. Uh, I mean, last year it was one first playoff. But they were in the playoff together. So between the two of them, they went and then just like you know, back to Rupert in terms of him saying, yes, yes, and he's got nothing on us. His ball stuff. It's crazy. So is my water out. Rocket ship into the water out. Yeah, how often I'll do that. Like, I'll nibble it, nibble it nice, and you just watch it like dribbling into the water. And then you like duff it, and you're like, yeah, I'll take it. But, um, yeah, it's a good fun. We definitely need to check it out. Um, 
Joe Ross will be uh, a man on the ground and try and go through this weekend. Yeah. If you're not playing golf, you know. No, I am playing golf, but I'm probably squeezing in after. Well, just, just let us know when you, when you, when you can. Yeah, and then me and Ross are playing on Tuesday, which will be good fun. Hey, why don't you have Kalani playing and playing the command for the office? I'm just gonna make I'm just gonna like protest and barricade the entrance so they can't take any signage out. I wanna be I wanna be sitting there I wanna yeah, I wanna be driving with like the signage back there, sunshine tour. I need I need I need I need, I need, I need some profile pictures here. We need, we gotta get we gotta get the gram going. I'll probably, I'll probably, probably, probably lose it. Arsenal up there. I'm probably going to smack a few. <laughs> but they take them down the, the Sunday night and I'll play the Beacon Wood on the Monday and all the signage was really fun. Oh, I hate to break it. I hate to break your bubble. That's what they think. That's what they think. Yes. Ross going to get me in there and then good luck taking that stuff down. But I think these next two weeks for Sunshine Tour is actually quite cool. Danvin's really nice course. I'd love to see other guys. But like, it's an interesting uh, challenge. Oh, I don't want to say challenge because Danvin's relatively easy or it's at least short. Um, and then afterwards is Serengeti, which is actually one of my absolute favorite courses in, in Johannesburg. So that's also quite a, a good taste of the protees. I'd love to see how the guys play. I mean, that is a fucking beautiful course. Yeah, one of the best courses out there. Yeah, I think any person that goes there, we mentioned it on the last podcast as well because of the, the half ideas. But yeah. I think most people it's it's not even just because first of all the course is gorgeous but it's the entire experience yeah. you know you get there and from the reception it's like here you go I mean we go up there like no just I mean we didn't even you get you, you drop your bag like right at the front before you walk in by the time you get down there there's your car your bags on there you have lunch you get back to it other guys clean up all your clubs and stuff like that I'm like man it's going to be any difference you know we're going from five out the back line as well but we appreciate your work yeah, just the entire vibe there was just... As I said, I really like to see how the pros play with the, with the pro tees and everything. That's also a big difference between club tees and pro tees is Serengeti. And I think it's a fantastic challenge in terms of golf. Uh, well, I say golf in South Africa, but I think the courses are really well. Like, it's a smartly designed course for what you get. Like, it's not your typical, like, sort of Parklands golf course. Like, a lot of iron green. A yeah. lot of water around. Yeah. yeah. The whole thing that's The rough is rough. Yeah. No, it's a fantastic course. And that's why it's the same sort of thing. Dane runs a bit more state you know, like... It's a little bit more gimmicky, but um, uh, I look forward to the, the two sort of different tests. I think Danford's got that sort of gimmicky thing, you know, where you could be hitting a really like, highly lofted club into a half mile, where you're saying 80, it's a bit more challenging, a lot more water, a lot more strategic. So it's two sort of different play styles that I think you'll see over these next two weeks. So that's the same thing they did at the My Golf Life Open. So Peacock would obviously have had a lot of rain before. 
guys started shooting and I reckon the DP will too. Like, listen, guys, we can't have every record broken on one golf course. You've got to fucking do something to sort this course out. And I was obviously there on Saturday, Sunday morning very early. And you just saw like six guys on the green rolling and cutting and checking stiff and going. And, and actually, when I got onto the 18th green after Maratha um, Ball won, I went onto the green and I felt it was like a cricket pitch. It was crazy. And when I played it on the Monday, the rough was incredibly long. So I'm, I'm assuming Dane is going to do the same sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, Stane also did that, I remember mean, saying. Because like, he, he, he played on like uh, the week before, or it was two weeks before. He played like one of the last days before they closed it. And he said that he could see as they were as they were building up, but they weren't touching the rough. Yeah. Like, they, they, they said they were just trying to do whatever they could to try to defend the course. Yeah. They were worried that they was going to be childish. And the first two days are threatened to go very long. And the other thing is, playing with the names for the last couple of weeks has not been fun. Because it used to be relatively wide for the day. And now, they've all been on just about every single day. So the rough's long, the fairways are narrower. The rough's probably going to be all we saw Beacon Wood and Stan is that they went low Friday, Saturday, Thursday, Friday. And then, the, you know, also I suppose you can play with pin positions as well. Because the weekend, like, they did do quite well. Because both the, the, the Beacon Wood and, and Stan said he threatened to go, like, 15. Like, we're going to lose control of you know, Like, yeah, I was getting hectic. And then thankfully, it started leveling up a bit more on the, on, the, on the weekend. Maybe this weekend as well, they're going to around YouTube was going to, not that we are monetized, but they were going to demonetize us very quickly yeah. by having 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 uh, the best hits of the nineties in the background. <laughs> yeah, now forty playing in yeah. the background. <laughs> but yeah, massive thanks to Molly Malone to have accommodated us on very short notice uh, due to load shedding. We are currently on the lookout for a more permanent venue. And place that offers food and beverage as well. If you yeah, want to include that in there. Um, <laughs> happy to give you a shout out. Um, but please do smash like the video and subscribe and see if you can listen to us on all your major platforms and stuff like that. And we've got lots of really cool, cool content coming in around very soon. Uh, also, make sure you follow us on TikTok so that Matthew can become a TikTok verified superstar. I'm, half, I'm halfway there. I've been getting a lot of people messaging me about my TikTok. In the, in the, in the DMs, I know. Are you the TikTok star? Yes, yes, that's me. But uh, thank you very much, and we'll see you guys next time.